Welcome to the Musician's Venture Podcast. This is a podcast focused on lessons learned from musicians' backstories, as well as from building successful careers in the music business. My name is Nick O'Brien, and I'll be interviewing artists and industry experts and offering insights based on events that Wisconsin Music Ventures has produced. On occasion, I'll be joined by Allison M., the founder of Wisconsin Music Ventures, as she and I will dive into topics relevant to the music industry. So let's get down to business. Welcome to this episode of the Musician's Venture Podcast. I am your host, Nick O'Brien, and my friends, I have such an incredible conversation for you to listen to this episode. On New Year's Eve 2022, I had the absolute pleasure of sitting down with Tay, who is one of my favorite musicians in Wisconsin. And if you're familiar with Tay, she might be one of your favorites as well. But if you're not familiar, you'll learn from this conversation why she's such a treat to the music industry. Tay is a singer-songwriter, guitarist, and artist who was born and raised in Green Bay, Wisconsin. She utilizes the universal language of music as a vessel with means to inspire social change, encourage exploration of inner dialogue, and to advocate for self-love. Tay weaves between genres and styles to mirror the topics on display. However, many of her original works are in the directions of soul, R&B, and pop rock. She's performed mainly as a one-woman band since 2012. In 2020, she released her debut album called What Love Is. That same year, she joined forces with four other creatives to form Tay and the Neighborly, which she fronts alongside Andy Welsh on drums, Daniel Pingre on keys, David Blessant on bass, and Kelvin Casper playing lead guitar. Now, I've had the opportunity to see a handful of Tay and the Neighborly shows, and I can't speak highly enough about the talent of this band. The band has an album that's projected to be released in the summer of 2023, and I'm confident in saying that there is an incredibly bright future for not only the band, but also for Tay's solo project. We did this interview from Tay's couch at her home in northeastern Wisconsin while her dog, Chiquita, cuddled up on her lap. She's in a great place in her life and career, which is definitely expressed in this interview. Over the course of the conversation, we talk about what she and the band are up to right now with getting an album ready to release and booking a lot of shows for this year, as well as her focusing on her personal journey. She talks about how special the Wisconsin music scene is and the benefits that she experiences of being in small town Wisconsin versus being in a bigger city outside of Wisconsin that may be more known for its place in the music industry. We talk about her craft and how she's been singing since her early childhood years how her singing training was based in singing from the soul instead of a more technically based training. And she talks about the process of her learning how to play the guitar as a child. She actually started gigging when she was 13 years old, and she shares what that was all like. She talks about her perspective on playing songs about her experience with domestic abuse and how that's helped people come forward with their experience and how that's actually helped her heal in her journey in that realm of her life as well. She opens up about how her songwriting process helps her work through difficult times in her life and how putting her feelings about challenges in her life into a song makes it easier for her to process those challenging times. We talk about the inspiration behind one of my favorite songs of hers, which is called Get Back What You've Been Giving, which was written during a tough time in her life. She talks about the business side of the music industry and how she's continuing to learn more and more as uh, her career progresses. 
She talks about her goals for her music career and what success looks like for her. She shares some important advice for other musicians when it comes to keeping your ego in check and staying authentic to who you are. Now, it's important for you to know that self-love is very, very important to Tay, and she's a really wise person for only being 24 years old. And you can tell from this interview that she puts a lot of effort into working on herself from an internal perspective. I really enjoyed having this conversation, and I hope you enjoy listening to it. You are certainly in for a treat. Tay, thank you so much for welcoming into your home and sitting down with me for this conversation. I've been waiting for this for a while. Yeah, I'm so excited. Uh, I'm trying to be a yes person and step out of my comfort zone. So here we are. I'm so glad you could make it. Yeah, well, it's like I've been wanting to interview you since the first time I saw you, which was at Company Brewing. You played a solo show with uh, Ben Moana and with uh, his name is slipping my brain talk bizarre yes talk bizarre yeah. yeah they're both great and uh yeah ben has been on the, the show before and ben's a good friend i know he's a good friend of yours too he's, yeah. the, he's a really kind soul and an incredible musician but i remember i, I had i were i was aware of you um because you had played the mile before and i'm a huge mile fan um but i had not gotten the chance to see you and so i i see you like before your set and i'm like oh it's just like this is tiny thing right <laughs> and you pull out this massive guitar and you start strumming and i'm like holy cow i did not expect you know her to play guitar like that and then you opened your mouth and that changed everything for me like your <laughs> voice is like i'm not gonna lie when i say you have my like my favorite voice uh of any doesn't matter female male in wisconsin Thank it is so, so powerful i'm constantly telling other people about it and you know people always ask like well how would you describe it and i say well i, I usually go mainstream and i'll say it's like this mix of like adele meets janice joplin because there's like this deep powerful voice and then there's that grit, you know, <laughs> undertone of that that gravelly kind of nature. It's it's amazing. So I'm super happy to be sitting down with you today. Thank you so much. Yeah. And um, yeah, the other day I was I was told that I sound like I'm gonna be the next jewel. And a few months ago I was told that I'm gonna be the next ev evanescence. Oh wow. And so thanks for your uh no, you're comparisons. You're gonna, you're gonna, you are, but you're gonna continue to be the first Tay. That's the way I look at it. But um, yeah, so you know, I, I I was able to come up uh, to the Fox Cities area um, because of a show that you're playing tonight yeah. um, at another uh, musicians venture podcast guest's place. Uh, Isaiah Dreesen is putting on a show for New Year's Eve, and you are playing at that show. And so I knew I had to come, and you know. I know we had been trying to find a time to sit down and do the interview. Um, and, you know, it, it just happened to work out that you get to do it in the comfort of your own home. Um, so tell me, Tay, I mean, you've been grinding in the music world since 2012. Um, you're not that old. So you've been doing it for most of your adult life. Yeah. Um, half of it, actually. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Almost half of it now. 
And uh, so, so let's start with like where things are at right now. Like what, what are you working on right now? What are you focused on? Like what is life as, as Tay like right now? Yeah. So I feel like um, actually today, as this is being recorded, it's New Year's Eve. This is actually the third uh, anniversary of the neighborly, Tay the neighborly. Yeah. I just realized this today. Um, and we have been working on, well, we have, we have a bunch of songs recorded and we're currently, you know, putting the bow on all of them, getting them all dressed up and ready to release. And, uh, we have been booking a ton of shows for the upcoming year too. And so a lot of our days are spent, um, reaching out to people and, you know, making plans for longevity and doing it the right way and making sure business is straight. Um, but on a solo side of things, I've been like personally in the last year, I've been just kind of honing in on, um, crossing out a lot of things that were distracting to me and, uh, like really focusing on, you know, asking myself, what do I want to do? What do I want to say? Like, even just in speaking and uh, kind of just analyzing and probably overanalyzing my existence. And uh, I feel like I finally found for like the first time in my life, just like a breath where I have been able to like I said before, think my own thoughts and uh, be in a calm environment and a very supportive environment. There's a very small honed in group of people that are so supportive um, in my life. And I have just become uh, more focused on the things that uh, are giving back to me as well. Not that that is something I'm always looking for, but uh, um, yeah, I feel like I've just been really focusing on like my inner dialogue and uh, loving myself a little bit better and being a little bit more gentle with, uh, you know, how I speak in my head. And I'm trying to reflect that uh, through writing. It's so hard sometimes to be a mirror. Um, and like, you know, thoughts to music mode. Um, I think there was this podcast that I was listening to by Jason Isbell. It was a few months ago. I think it was a pretty old podcast. And he said something about, um, like, he'll be writing. And if he writes something that is like brutally honest and like it kind of spooks him a little bit. Uh, and he's like, oh, I got to think of a more like beautiful way to say that or something. He's like, no, screw that. I need to say exactly that in the most harsh way, straight from the soul. And I feel like this new batch of solo music that I'm working on is exactly that. It's like, I don't know if edgy is the right word, but it's uh, kind of like here I am being transparent. Um, like I very much so talk about the perspective of like myself rather than 
all the writing has been like we us together mm-hmm. as a team like mm-hmm. everybody can relate um it's kind of just more like storytelling mode that i'm diving into which i'm really excited about it feels refreshing yeah well i'm excited for it too like yeah um like yeah any music you put out i'm gonna i'm just gonna i'm gonna love i'm like i was listening to a podcast uh recently that talked about um how like you know in the back in the what 70s and 80s like Joni Mitchell was like the you know female artist yeah and you know she just rose to the top so quickly but then she got to this kind of this point in her career where she realized that she was making music for other people right for the masses and that she had a decision to make like I could continue making music for the masses and be the you know like the best female like musician ever yeah or i can focus on the music that i want to write and i want to play yeah and um you know some of her fans fell off because they didn't know what to expect and what she put out wasn't what they were expecting and so they they just liked the music whereas the fans that really stuck with her um seemed to be the fans that were there because of her not necessarily because of the music yeah i was actually just talking to someone the other day about um how like that's all good yeah oh, so yeah. listeners uh, we're actually joined here too by uh tana neighborly's mascot uh chiquita right <laughs> yes chiquita is uh currently interested in something that is outdoors or next door yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy she waiting can be, for a bark yeah I'm hope, happy she can be a part of the interview but anyway you were saying yeah I was talking to somebody about how I like had just written this new song the other day and um the premise of the song is kind of about like I feel like there's a certain point in your 20s that nobody talks about and I'm there like I'm in the heat of it where um like you see people your age that is like they're out being social and like they have all these friends and all this stuff and I feel like I'm I'm really not a social bug and uh, it's really challenging and so goofy trying to throw yourself out there trying to make friends I feel like in my mind I I always like evaluate people and really trust my gut on my first interaction with people maybe too much sometimes and uh it might cross a lot of things off for me but it's kind of funny when you kind of let your guard up and you're like I'm gonna try to roll with this and you realize that everybody else is in the same boat of just awkwardness it is so awkward trying to make friends and uh yeah, I I was also just um, talking to this person about how, like, I'm writing about these things. And sonically, you know, my entire musical career, everybody's like, don't change what you're doing. Keep doing exactly what you're doing. Keep it super, uh, you know, raw and like, don't ever go electronic or don't do this. Don't do that. Don't go mainstream or don't hop on a trend. And I've, I've found myself recently exploring a lot of tones and a lot of, uh, you know, 
things to cater to what the lyrics are about or what the emotion is. I'm having so much fun with it. Um, but I feel like I'm kind of in relation to those Joni uh, interviews, which I've also uh, I've also listened to a few of them. Um, I feel like every artist plateaus and every artist has to change and has to explore. There's some people that are committed to their shtick or, you know, their what they've always been and they play their number one hit forever and ever and ever, which is commendable. But also humans are ever evolving. Everybody should always be working on themselves. I'm always working on myself. I'm always wanting to try new things that make me happy. And so I feel my music going into a direction where maybe some people that have attached themselves to my old stuff, maybe they won't like it, but um, that's not up to me. No, it's not. <laughs> you know, the only thing that I have control over is my own happiness and what tickles me. And I hope that, people join me for the for the ride yeah well it seems like there are certainly a lot of people joining you i know um other musicians and other music lovers uh speak highly of you not just your music but of you as a person and uh no pressure but um <laughs> you're well liked in the music scene i, I know that for sure oh, that's very nice yeah. there's a lot of support especially in the wisconsin music scene and like just in general, I feel like I the world is becoming smaller and smaller as I throw myself out there more. And people are generally kind, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and people are very nice and supportive. And I would not be uh as encouraged to throw myself out there if people, you know, didn't share a nice thing to say or whatever. Yeah. I mean I've only lived in three states, but Wisconsin has been my favorite. And the first thing that jumped out to me about Wisconsin was the people here. It's just so nice. And so yeah. you know, I don't know if it's like that in other music scenes, but I think it's something that kind of distinguishes Wisconsin. You know, like, I mean, even, you know, the 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 bands and the artists who come to Appleton for the mile, like how highly they speak of just like the people and the community um, that they don't experience anywhere else. Like, yeah, that's a that's a niche for Wisconsin to not only recognize, but to, to lean into. And yeah. um, it's, it's just great to know that, you know, it's not just that feeling of community among like the music lovers and supporters, but also um, among the musicians themselves, um, which is, you know, obviously a lot of what we're, you know, working on with Wisconsin music ventures, like forming this community. And it just really pays off when, people know each other and they're kind to each other it just makes that journey so much so much easier um, and fulfilling too you know you're not in it alone yeah I feel like I try to leave the area as much as I can and come back to it and in in my travels and and playing shows elsewhere and trying to uh break into other communities um through and through like this area people care so much like I can't even I can't even count how many people have you know after a show complete stranger new listener have just been like 
hey, I don't know how far away your house is, but if you need anything, like we will help you, whatever you need. And uh, people are always open to uh, sharing their home or sharing whatever they have. And also just sharing, you know, a good word, like Mm -hmm. without that, I don't know what would be going on right now. Um, But like, I feel like a lot of my career has been kind of built on people's uh, kind words and like putting in a nice word for me. And um, I love coming home to this place. Like every single day, at least once uh, I tell Andy, uh, my partner, I, I tell him, wow, I love it here. Like, this is the best. This is the best place to be. There's nowhere else I would rather be living. Like I have everything that I could possibly think of that I would want. And like, I am provided for, and I feel it like, and if you don't feel that way, it's probably around you. Yeah, totally. I mean, especially if you're around here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when you say that, do you mean like Chilton specifically or just like Wisconsin? Um, For me, definitely Chilton specifically, but more maybe in a personal, uh, like in a personal way, I feel like, but musically Wisconsin is that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't say enough good things about Wisconsin, especially when I'm not in Wisconsin. I feel like that goes for most Wisconsin people. Yeah, totally. Like, <laughs> I, I I was just, I was actually you know um, we talked about this with Raf you know in a in a previous interview. I talked about this with Cal Shimmers in a previous interview. Um, just how much potential there is in Wisconsin's music scene because of the people that are here, and sometimes that our humility as a state kind of stands in the way of us, of like other people knowing just how yeah. awesome it is to be here. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like more musicians or, you know, creatives in general than not uh, feel the need to like take their lives to LA or Nashville or, you know, wherever it's happening. I feel completely the opposite. Like I am in a small town. I know literally nobody here (laughs) besides the animals and my partner. But like, to me, it's just like, yeah, it's, it's, you know, pretty cheap living, Mm -hmm. but also uh, there's so many little hubs for like good senses of community where people have your back and like we'll help you or you know we'll we'll steer you in a good direction and um I don't know when I've traveled to to larger cities it feels so disconnected and there might be more opportunity but there's so many more people and I just feel very empowered being around here and then leaving when it's necessary yeah yeah it's like such a wisconsin specifically is such a good place to like create a strong ground especially for music Mm -hmm. because these people 
are maniacs when it comes to music. Yeah. They will show up and uh like I've seen it happen for other people and I've I've had the um joys of having people show up for me. And um yeah, this is just a great place to like really hone in your craft and launch yourself and also maybe even be there where you imagine yourself but still come home to it's just like the best Wisconsin man yeah (laughs) so let's 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 dive into your craft right so um you said you've been playing music for half of your life yeah well Um, I feel like I've been playing music out since I was like 12 or 13 and I'm currently 24. Okay. Um, but before then I was, uh, my cousin and I were living at my grandmother's house at the time. And, uh, my mother and her mother, uh, you know, were working and I'm pretty sure they were both single moms at the time and, uh, going in school pretty young and, my cousin actually, I think that she was the more creative one before me. She's also one year older than me. So it's just like in my life, she's kind of like the leader. And uh especially at that age. And um I just remember sitting at the dinner table and uh, you know, drawing or whatever, and we'd just go back and forth, back and forth, making up songs right off the cuff whatever's on our brains, just singing to sing and, uh, for hours and hours. And then, uh, you know, once the whole family was home, we would stand on the fireplace mantle or like, you know, we'd put on grandma's clothes and go dress up in her closet with clothes. That's way too big for us. And, uh, make everybody listen to us just sing off the cuff. And so I feel like that's where it started for me um were you were, were you like a good child singer or was like your uh, voice something that you had to develop you know I don't know I don't know I feel like I've always just loved doing it and then probably once I was like 11 through 13 I became just so obsessive about like I would not shut up my bless my mother like I was so loud believe it or not I'm a loud singer, Um, but I was just constantly singing in the house, always writing or like learning other people's music to see, you know, what they were doing. And so I could figure out what to do with my own self. And um, (laughs) yeah, I feel like it really became like a very serious thing when I was around that age. What age was that? I was like 11 through 13. I feel like I was just like, this is it. This is, this is who I am. What you're here to do. Not even like, I feel like, I guess I never really looked at it as like, this is my purpose. Okay. Uh, It's always just been like, this feels powerful to me. And like, this is living. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know. I was I'm a pretty like outgoing person with the people that have really gotten to know me 
but I'm usually just like crippling shy and I've always been that way. Um, and I think that it's just like overdeveloped over and over again as I got older and I've become even more shy, but, um, yeah, I feel like that's the time that that all started Mm. was then. Were you, were you trained in music or did you like self, was it self-taught? Like, did you have influences around you? I mean, were you taking singing lessons? Did you play in like the school band or sing in the choir or anything like that? Yeah, so I was way too scared to really shoot my shot with musical stuff. Uh, I played the tree uh, in Wizard of Oz. Oh, really? Yeah, very important role. (laughs) I missed my line and didn't do what I was supposed to do, both shows that I had. And uh, I think I was an Oompa Loompa once uh, amongst, you know, 200 other kids doing a Oompa Loompa role. I'm trying to envision that now. <laughs> it was an Oompa Loompa. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I like, I remember, I think that I shot my shot at doing like a solo for a, for an elementary school, um, like a song. There's just like a solo audition and uh, I didn't get the audition. I mean, I didn't get the role and I was humiliated but it was fine. (laughs) And uh, then, uh, so my parents have always been split as long as I've known my, my real father and my mother. And uh, I was over at his house one weekend and uh, I didn't think that anybody else was home. I thought that like he had gone to the store or something like that. And uh, so I was just letting her rip in the shower. Like I was singing and doing what I do, <laughs> and uh, I, I like get out of the bathroom, and my dad is just standing there. He's like, "Was that you? Or <laughs> was you know, was that a recording or what?" And I'm like, you know, oh my god, somebody heard me, and you know, my my dad didn't know that I was interested in that. Um, it was all like, you know, four wheelers, go karts and, Mm -hmm. you know, dude stuff over there. (laughs) And, uh, he's like, wow. Uh, I think that he, he like immediately thought about all the musicians that he ever knew in his life. And there's this one person that he, I think went to high school with, uh, his name was Jeremiah. And, uh, he's like, I want to get you some like singing lessons. It didn't go on for terribly long. I think that it might have been like, you know, not even a year okay. worth, especially if I'm going there, you know, every few weekends. I probably had, you know, like six lessons with him. But the entire time during the lessons, it was about, it wasn't about like, you know, how to sing uh in a technical way is more so he was educating me on like what's in there what's you know how is your body functioning and how is it working and how can you take care of it um and something that he really badgered into my head was like if you're gonna do this you have to be confident like 
be confident, be confident, be confident, be you, be you, you know, say it with your soul, speak it with your soul. And so I'd, you know, pick a song and he's like, all right, sing it to me. And uh, I'd sing it and he was like, you have to like take yourself there. And I didn't quite understand it at this point because, you know, I was like 11 or 12. And I'm like, I really want to do this, but I don't know how to get there. Like I have hardships at, you know, school, <laughs> you know, or, you know, I, I thought about my family or, but you really, you haven't gone through much. And so it's hard to pick something to relate it to when you're singing, for example, like an incredibly depressing, sad girl song. Mm -hmm. uh, but through time, I feel like there's still that voice in the back of my head where it's like, be confident. You just got to feel it, like channel it in. Even if it's the zillionth time you're singing a song or no matter where you are, just like take yourself there, close your eyes or whatever you need to do and be honest. And like, as a story that you can relive or think. And uh, I still do that. Like every show that I do, even even when I'm just in conversation with somebody and I'm talking about something that already happened or something that I've done or whatever, I always try to like share with truth and like at least speak from the heart. I feel like that's the only way to, you know, make it out there alive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, I pick up on that um, so deeply when you're singing like it's 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 more than just like i'm, I'm glad knowing this context because it makes so much sense because um you're obviously an incredibly talented singer and, and and guitar player but there's something else about about the way that you perform that just is is very distinct and it's like leveled up um you know in comparison to other other musicians and and so it's helpful to know that that that's the context of like you weren't technically trained, you were soulfully trained, you know? Yeah. And I feel like I love that. Like I, I love that. And I, I've been asked a lot of times to like teach, be a teacher, or like people have offered to pay me for lessons or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. Like, <laughs> I don't know how to uh, like logistically speak. I feel like it would just be me being like, just feel it, man. Yeah, just yeah. feel it. Um, oh yeah. Also, I was thinking about who else have has like, you know, been monumental, you know, teachers in my life. And um I don't normally think of myself like first as a guitar player. Um, but strangely, I've had people be like, wow guitar player and I'm like oh yeah <laughs> I'm playing guitar uh Paul Hanna taught me probably everything that I know outside of you know YouTube and just finding it on my own uh he helped me uh push through and like really like learning anything especially an instrument is so challenging it's like inhuman mm -hmm. and I just remember weeping like because of how frustrated I would be 
with trying to learn something still to this day i'm just like if i'm not good at it immediately i'm like oh damn it like Mm -hmm. i'm a failure (laughs) and i'm like whoa 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 i have to walk myself back all the time and be like all right it takes a few tries to to get it in a desirable light (laughs) and uh he really is kind of the voice in the back of my head of like just got to get it done like you just got to do it and you got to throw yourself in and it's more about motivation and ambition than skill yeah the skill will show up secondary for sure uh you just gotta be interested in it first you gotta show up so you started singing like 11 12 when did you when did guitar come into the picture um well my stepdad kind of introduced guitar to me when i was like I was probably in third or second grade. Okay. He taught me, uh, <laughs> what's the song? She Talks to Angels. Mm. And uh, that was the end of that guitar career for a minute. And then, okay. uh, like, my fingers were just, my hands weren't big enough. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I tried piano for a little bit. And that wasn't really my thing. I've been diving back into that, though, recently. Oh, cool. And I'm like, well, I'm going to try guitar again. And I ended up loving it. I was not good for a long while. And, uh, but I ended up just enjoying it more, especially because I could just bring it anywhere with me. And uh, I feel like how a lot of people tether to like a dog at a party, mm-hmm. uh, I'll like grab a guitar and it's always kind of been that way. I'll just, all right, feeling antisocial, I'm just going to like tether to this guitar. And I feel like that's kind of where I became interested in it more. Um, I kind of dove into it like at 13 or 14, probably. So, okay. Yeah. So at what point did you start like gigging? Like, like from like, did you do like a lot of open mics or did you just jump into gigging? I didn't really take the open mic path. Um, I didn't really know that many musicians in my life. And so my stepdad, John, he would like drive me around to a bunch of local townie bars and I would show up with business cards that I made and, uh, I'd walk in with my guitar and I'd be like, so do you want to hire me? (laughs) Like, can I play here? And, uh, you know, people would pay me like a hundred bucks or 50 bucks or whatever for like four hours or something. But I was playing basically all cover songs at the time. And, um, I think my very first like real gig that I had, uh, I was actually picking out my first guitar and, uh, I was at guitar center in Appleton and I was just playing like very poorly. Like I didn't, really know how to play yet and i was just learning i think black brood on guitar oh I think nice. that was like the lesson of the week or something and uh this guy named rocky came in he was like checking out the guitars as well he's like hey do you play out and i'm like no <laughs> and uh, he's like well when you're ready to start playing out hit me up so i held on to this business card forever and ever and well, at least it felt like forever in that you know, age. 
And I finally got the courage to like hit him up. And uh, I'm not sure if it's still around. I think they might've sold it this year. Maybe they're working on it. It's called Rocky and Tears in that house. Um, but I played there. And, but before that, it was just mostly like hopping on other people's shows or um, like festival type things, like writing festivals or birthday parties or, mm -hmm. you know, graduations, whatever. Gotcha. So when did you start to like, um, kind of dive into the songwriting aspect and like you kind of moved from covers to originals? Um, well, I wrote my first song. I mean, I would write funny little poem type things or like, you know, sing off the cuff on the mantle with my cousin when I was much younger. Uh, but I feel like when I was like 11 or 12, I was kind of trying to, I just kept asking uh, Jeremiah, who was like educating me on my vocals and whatnot. I was like, how do you write a song? Like, just what is the structure? Like, how do I, how do I even do this? And I try to research it, you know, or find books about it. There's nothing helpful. Mm. And uh, I was already like, I wrote a lot. I just was always carrying around notebooks and writing thoughts or like poems or whatever. And I just tried like strumming, you know, four chords over and over and over again and just kind of like singing the words like in a paragraph. Sure. That I was writing. And so for a long time, I would write like that, just okay. like, you know, start to finish, you know, dear to sincerely is just like writing letters to people, no repetitive you know courses as much um those songs are all dead now though oh, <laughs> bummer <laughs> uh so then like 2020 was when your debut solo album came out right yeah right and, before the pandemic hit yeah um and if i'm um the maggie sue was the one that kind of took off right the yeah song. that was actually released as a single um before the album came out and uh yeah for a while I was taking all of the proceeds from that tune and uh giving it to the safe house in Green Bay called the Golden House uh because they helped me a lot and yeah I feel like I've been re-loving that song again recently for a while I gave it a break I had to give it some breathing room mm -hmm. Uh, so I was like, oh, I just don't want to talk about this anymore. Like, I have to take myself there because when I am in music world, when I'm in performing mode, I am like taking myself all the way there. And it's exhausting sometimes, especially when you're when you're playing shows like most nights of the week. I'm just like, I need to not do this song. Uh, but that was the first tune that I released and um that was recorded at uh the bank venue sure. in Ripon yeah. the heist yeah. and um yeah it was a super fun experience and uh people were it was like a crazy surge of like people coming out in different ways to me um 
I just remember this show. I think that I just popped up in Sturgeon Bay at the Tambourine Lounge or something one night, which is connected to uh, the Holiday Music Motel, which is an entire different venture. Mm -hmm. But um, I popped up and I sang that song. And I just remember an entire line of people, like after I got done playing the tune and like once the show was ended or whatever, people lined up to like talk about things and uh, like whether it was to share their stories about uh, being a survivor of domestic abuse or like to talk about different resources or like even resources to for me personally Mm -hmm. or to like share with other people I feel like uh, domestic abuse resources um, for survivors is like such it's like such underground talk Um, it's like strangely almost like taboo to like share with the public because safe houses are supposed to be like secret Mm -hmm. and but that also is like a catch-22 because then people when they're in that situation they don't know where the fuck to go Mm -hmm. i don't know if i'm allowed to say that no you're you're uh, yeah (laughs) like and it was just for for a long time when i would you know open up about that song at shows or even just play it um people really connected with it and it was like kind of shit kind of scary um I forget what the the statistic is I think it's like you know one in four people are you know affected by domestic abuse or something and so I got into the mode of like looking at a room and like you know 50 people being in there I'm like there's like a lot of people in this room that could possibly relate to this in some way or like and so many people came forward. And to me, that was really healing on my journey. Uh, and I feel like, you know, people that didn't know each other before that like would come to my shows or maybe they just stumbled upon a show, then they connected like amongst themselves. And it was just like, you know, a crazy connecting time over things that are like you know fragile topics yeah but like music has that power you know yeah i mean it's 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 got a way of unifying people um and particularly with you know with with what you're speaking about like domestic violence domestic uh, abuse like uh, um you're right it's it is kind of something that's super sensitive but when someone's speaking about that and you can experience them or singing about that you can experience that with them it just like it lets the the wall down and everybody can just be vulnerable. Yeah. Um, so is it safe to say that like your music has um, been a significant influence on your being able to work through like that part of your life? Yeah. I feel like my music and like the songs are like a direct translation of like me working on it. And like a lot of my music like a lot of, I'm not even going to call it my music. It's everybody's music, but a lot of the stuff that I've written or everything that I've written for that matter, uh, like it takes like an immense amount of energy and power and like, you know, brain, brain, everything to like throw into 
a song and try to sum up a lesson or like, you know, a step forward. I also feel like I learn a lot when I'm trying to sum something up, you know, in in two to five, sometimes six minutes mm-hmm. of a song. Uh, I find myself being like, wow, the monster is much smaller than you know, my brain has been making it to be, if I can just, if I can shove this feeling into a song, uh, you know, it's easier to like, to love it, to love the monster and like, to become friends with it. I forget what I was, I think like I was watching some comedy show yesterday or something and, uh, it might've been like Seinfeld or whatever. And, uh, he said something like, pain is uh just a lot of learning at once mm-hmm. and i feel like my music equals that uh like my writing process equals that a lot um not to say that like all of my music just is from pain um but a majority of it has been and like i'm currently at a place where i am like wow how do I write like kind things about like the things I love and not just be like, wow, it's so beautiful out today. And I, I love my life and my dog and whatever, yeah. <laughs> you know, and not make it sound so corny. It's just like a different approach to poetry in a way, uh, writing about happy things. But anyway. I feel like, yeah, a lot of my music has has been like a really great processing tool to me. Um, and I use them as like kind reminders because it's, we live in cycles as human beings. We go over and over and over again in different ways with different variables. And so it's like, if I am having to like use this much brain power to process something or like to understand something better um, or understand myself better in some way, I'm going to need to hear it again and again and again and mm-hmm. again and again. Yeah. I, you know, as I'm singing, I kind of hear it out of my mouth and into my ears. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I can implement this right now. And that happens for almost every single song that I've uh, that I've written they're all kind of kind reminders selfishly and personally and sometimes it works out for others too <laughs> yeah well that's interesting because I often find myself doing something similar not with music um, but like I read a lot of like you know self-development and mental health and stuff like that yeah. and um, you know you, you come across somebody who's struggling with something and you know doesn't matter what the circumstance is like it's like these reminders are all it's universally applicable to anybody yeah right and i'll go off on a tangent and just like kind of you know basically just dump in the bucket on everything i know that i've used every tool every little method tactic that i've used to get out uh to work through situations and then about halfway through i come to and i'm like oh like I'm saying this because I need this advice right now. Yeah. Um, And it just so happens that it's also helping the other person that I'm talking to. So it seems similar for you with the music. Yeah. 
I would say, yeah, that's right on the nose. Yeah. Let's like, um, what's the reminder, um, with give back what you've been getting or giving, um, like that's one of my favorite songs from yours. Uh, and it hit me immediately when you played that song and that's a song that I play now as a reminder to myself. So thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, so that tune, I'll take it back to the, the birth of the song. Okay. Um, I was really struggling. Like I was at a point where I was like in a horribly toxic, uh, relationship with somebody and, um, it kind of goes hand in hand. I think that I wrote this right after I wrote Maggie Sue or shortly after. And, uh, I like gone through the safe house and got help from them. And like, I was in that, in that world. And, uh, going through court trying to get a restraining order against my ex and all this craziness and uh I bonded with this person at Silverbridge Songfest which is it takes place at the Holiday Music Motel okay in Surgeon Bay that I mentioned before and uh this person's name is Eric McFadden you might have heard of him he's a great uh artist guitar player lyricist all the above and um we we got together and we we were just kind of both going through things and we were like let's write a song about this and uh i just remember weeping and uh writing this song together in a motel room and um uh, that tune is very much about you know establishing boundaries with yourself and and recognizing that you want everybody to feel good and you'll sometimes pour yourself out completely into them. Or it doesn't even have to be a person. It can be a thing or a dream mm-hmm. or, you know, anything. And uh, I feel like I got to the point where I'm like, I'm wearing myself out like I'm I'm less than thin like at that point it's kind of like well the generic saying of like you know when you hit bottom you you can only go up or whatever you know and that song is very much like all right all of that love that you've been putting outward put it and direct it back into yourself it's time to fill yourself up and putting love out there the goal isn't always to like get it back, you know, sometimes it is just to like feel good that you can see something else filled up or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. There's so many variables and ways to look at it, but like that song I sing over and over again and it feels just as good to sing and hear back every single time. It's powerful and I just take myself back to the moment of like being in the motel room and being completely vulnerable and like really letting my guard down with essentially an almost stranger at mm-hmm. this point. And uh, we could both talk about, you know, it doesn't even have to be relatable, like to be as extreme as like domestic violence. This person 
uh, unfortunately, like went through that as well. And so we did get to talk about that and write this song. But um, I feel like it's just relatable to all human connection and like trying to figure out where your own self resides within like all of the relationships that you have with people. Um, I learned this over and over again to like set aside time for myself and like, you know, I come first and I don't mean that in a, like an egotistical or like me, me, me way. It's just like, I'm no good if I'm not good, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I, I can't have anything to provide if, uh, I can't even provide for myself. And, uh, that's what that song is about is mm. complete self-love and uh the sacrifice that it seems like it is yeah you know oh tay that is beautiful like i mean i i'm nodding the whole time you're talking because it's like that's what i feel when i'm when you're when i listen to that song when i see you perform it um and i think music is it, it can be relative in the sense that like how an audience you know experiences it necessarily isn't um you know the the influence behind it or the inspiration behind it but that one for sure like for me it just like as soon as you started singing i was like oh i know all about this and you just like validated all of that for me so thank oh, you so that. yeah um i gotta say at 24 you're like um incredibly wise thank you yeah. i feel like i get that a lot um especially when I open up with people or you know just share myself on a stage um and it's hard to like understand what people mean by that sometimes so it's like I feel like I have strange experiences that maybe a lot of my friends don't have or like maybe a lot of my older friends have um and have just had like kind of unorthodox situations and I feel like sometimes I'll laugh about it because uh I've like truly asked myself I'm like do I just like maybe these situations don't find me maybe I'm seeking them and I don't even know it mm. you know maybe I'm living for the story but like some of the stuff that I feel like have kind of been extreme molds in my mind uh they come from you know situations of chance or unfortunate events that I have no control over right but, yeah uh, well I mean as as wise as you are as a as a person um you know something that comes up often when when your name and your work comes up in conversation with other musicians is um, you know, they always just say, man, you know, Tay grinds, like she is hitting it hard. Like, and I know that they mean from like the, you know, the business side, you know, you're, you're, you're playing a lot. Like, um, what, how did you come to learn like the business side of the industry? Was that taught to you or did you just kind of figure it out, jump in and, and, and learn, learn it yourself? Yeah, I feel like, uh, 
I just had to pick it up and figure it out as I go. I'm still doing that. I feel like the music industry is like constantly changing on a day-to-day basis. It's something you need to relearn and like learn more about at all times, especially with media. Uh, But I don't know. I feel like a lot of it is just researching what's out there and you know, the other half of it is, you know, the people around you mm-hmm. and everybody has something that you don't know yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, they have a lot of things you don't know yet. And uh, if you ask the right questions, you'll sometimes get somewhere that is uh, helpful in directing your business. <laughs> What's been the most challenging part of like the business side of your oh, career? Uh, the business part of things is so hard and I'm currently like I'm currently trying to figure out you know how to more focus on my craft and have have other people help out in the roles that I don't as much desire I'm glad that I know them I'm glad to be growing out of it a little bit hopefully soon um I feel like I don't know, ma'am. Booking is really challenging because you have to sell yourself in a way. Even writing a bio is just like so challenging. And uh, I don't know if if anybody knows like exactly who they are and, you know, what what keywords are the best to represent themselves. Kudos to them, because you know, I feel like I'm pretty in touch with myself, but, you know, summing it up in five sentences and trying to be like, all right, this will make or break whether I can eat this week mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, how I describe myself will make or break my survival, essentially. And uh, so booking is really challenging. It's also like, a constant thing where you know for every 50 emails that you send you're gonna get one back or whatever and you have to not overanalyze yourself in that situation of like wow I fucking suck or should I even be doing this you know uh that is a challenging part of it uh for me personally the socializing part in general at shows over email, everything that has to do with talking to other people is, uh, I almost have to like put on a different head and like pretend that I'm somebody that I'm not in a way to just like make it through, um, and like operate. I'm like, all right, I got this in my actual head. I feel like I'm like, I don't got this talking to people. That is like a lot. <laughs> and uh, I'm currently working on it, but uh, I'm so shy still, even just over email. But I don't know. There's that. And I feel like those are just really the two biggest things is booking and you know showing up for the conversational part 
yeah. like outside of the music yeah like being the actual person and i feel like i'm i try to be vulnerable at all times so i feel like it's such a mess when i am like talking to somebody after a show blindly after i had just like completely purged all of my emotions on the stage you know um I've also been like learning the graphic design part of things cool. and trying to like really make like the visual part of representing the band or solo stuff, like make it even more personal and vulnerable. So I've used like my artwork or, you know, just things that I've made to be like the logo or you know, poster artwork or whatever. Um, so you design all the all the collateral and merch, stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah, I've designed all of it so far. Um, yeah, that is also a... I mean, learning a new skill is just challenging overall. And also it's like kind of the bio thing where it's like you have to translate who you are mm -hmm. and so i'm looking at this thing like all right you're starting with a blank sheet of paper or whatever it may be how do i make it look like us mm -hmm. or how do i look like how do i make it look like me and i'm like it's it's very challenging to like know who you are right and translate that to in another language in a way mm -hmm. and then at the end try to make an entire package of it but it's a love-hate relationship. I love it. I love the process overall. But it's also, it's hard. Yeah. It's, I feel like not a lot of people talk about how challenging it is. And I don't know everybody else's process, but I'm like thinking about all aspects, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's, I think that it's funny. And I've heard people like ask me about the grind before and i'm like i mean i'm working i obviously i'm going to be hard harder on myself than probably anybody else is going to be uh i'm like wow i feel like i've been like a lazy ass you know mm -hmm. uh when everybody says that i'm grinding i don't know this is like what i care about like i love doing it and it's at the forefront of my focus almost all the time and whatever i'm doing it's there you know yeah and so i don't know maybe that's part of the grind <laughs> yeah it's just being present in your mind with your your dream essentially yeah what what does that what does that dream like look like you know like on paper like how do you think about success like my resume <laughs> well i mean like where do you where do you want music to take you like what is the what is the dream uh for your career like i mean you're independent now do you think about like getting signed and you know like what the you know what the factors would need to be for you to do something like that like you know yeah i feel like I don't know. I'm not really thinking about like, oh, my dream is to be signed to a label. I want just somebody to ask me. I'm not baiting for that, really. 
I'm trying to like, I want to learn all aspects of what it takes to make this like a sustainable business aside from like my entire soul in life, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, My goal is to assemble a team or have very trustworthy people that like know where I'm coming from, know who I am and can that I can trust to speak on behalf of that. And um, I don't know. I feel like it's a hard thing to like let go of those roles when you know how to do it. I'm obviously like getting to a point, like I said before, of like, I'm looking for, like I'm inching closer to like, I don't want to do this anymore. I know how to do it. Oh, but, like, I, I, I want to, I'm, I want to enter just the creative realm of like, I want to show up for it. I want to work on my skills. I want to speak from the heart and not be completely distracted about like, Oh, I need to make sure this business is running. Okay. Mm -hmm. And like, make sure that I, you know, I'm booking these shows so that my bandmates also can eat, you Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. Uh, everybody else for the most part is in other projects, but everybody is solely a musician in the band. And so there's pressures of like, people are relying on me and people in the band, the bandmates have been so helpful and like everybody's really coming into their own and like figuring out what they can do to make it a a machine in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, But but, what was the original question even? (laughs) What is success like for you? Like, what does that look like? like success to me is being able to travel and see the world play music at a few of those places uh to make the trip worthwhile i want to consistently learn from people i want to be put out of my comfort zone as much as i'm like hermit mode most of the time i'm like oh i can't do it mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a great part of me that is like, I need to go out. Like mm. I have to do it. I need to break out of my comfort zone. And I really just want to be able to not worry about making a living. I want to worry about my own like personal development. And like, I want to worry about my, my connections with people that I have connections with. And like, I don't see myself, I'm not gunning for arenas and stadiums and big crazy stuff like that. Theaters would be nice. Some intimate settings like that, or, you know, keeping it intimate. uh, I don't want to be like up on a pedestal like everybody bow down to me, you know, Mm -hmm. I want to still be like very much an equal. I don't want to be idolized. I don't like, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be anybody that is like hot shit. Mm -hmm. I just want to be like the voice of a kind reminder, like, you know, mm-hmm. I don't give a shit if somebody doesn't remember who I am. Right. I just want, I would rather the message or like just the food for thought to come through. 
I'm happy and I'm so content with where I am at uh, in life. Uh, I love my situation. And I feel like I have everything that I want. I don't know. I don't have everything. Like, sure. I don't have everything. I don't have like a ton of shiny things and like all the money in the world. But like, I feel like I have like an honest situation going on. <laughs> yeah. It's a great place to be. Yeah. So I don't know. It's a silly thing asking like, what's the goal? You know? Sure. I want, like, all right, set aside from, like, all of the me, me, me stuff, the bandmates uh, that I work with in Tain the Neighborly, they are all, like, some of the most beautiful, beautiful people that I've met, incredible, just out-of-this-world musicians. Like, all the time when I'm by them, I'm like, I can't even believe that. I get to be doing this with these people, like crazy, mythical, magical creatures. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want them to have a return on all the work that they put into. And, and like, I want them to feel the love, you know? I want them to love being here. And I want them to, like feel the connection and I want them to feed their families and like their kid wants a fucking candy bar. Hell yeah. Get that candy bar, you know, whatever. I just want everybody to be comfortable and like, you know, have it just be a very livable, loving situation. Nothing gaudy or anything, but yeah. If it, it do you prefer the performing side of music more or less than the recording side, or is it? Do you think about? Do you not think about it that way? That's tough. I think of them as completely separate things. Um, recording is frustrating because you're under a microscope, your own microscope. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a love hate relationship with it. Some of my favorite song, uh, times of playing some of the songs that are released and not released yet um, have been in the studio playing the songs. And it's also like it takes a little bit of getting used to uh, because you get a couple tries, you know? Yeah. Otherwise, you're wasting time, you're wasting money. Performing... Like I said, for the zillionth time, I'm like such an introvert. It's it's like crippling to put myself out there. But some days I'm like, I'm ready to go. Like I'm ready to talk about some stuff. And I'm ready to not even, some days it's not even talking. It's just, all right, I'm laying myself out today. I need to just like, I need to hear this personally or I need to like scream into the microphone amplified all the way and you know feel the resonation back in my chest just to make sure that everything is still there yeah yeah <laughs> uh is there a I, I would say that i love performing more than recording if i had to choose sure yeah well, I i'm think not that making I love, you choose i'm just wanting you to talk about it <laughs> i think that i love 
writing the best though yeah uh or like singing alone mm, gotcha <laughs> yeah like yeah. singing and writing alone i feel like that's probably my favorite part i feel like i'll i don't know if i learn the most out of it or get the most out of it i feel like just my guard is like all the way down yeah it's not even existent uh but i do learn a lot like in a public setting and sharing those things and throwing myself out there just different things yeah is there a gig that stands out to you where you're like if i could play that show like if i could have that performing experience hmm. you know every time yeah. i go out that's the one that i want man that's hard that's challenging hmm I'm gonna have to get back to you on that. Okay, no worries. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, there's. I feel like there's so many shows where. Almost every single show has like a moment, and that makes like, it all worthwhile selfishly on a selfish level. Mm -hmm. Like, if I reach that one moment, I'm like, all right, it all came out. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, my heart is out. It's out for everybody to see now um and you can't like be more out than that yeah yeah i can't maybe i can't i don't know yeah but, uh, so as you're as tay and the neighborly is working on this this debut album still on track to to come out in the coming summer yeah i'm actually probably gonna finish a few songs next week i just gotta do harmonies and i think that might be it yeah. And then we enter the mixing process gotcha. and master. And then I got to figure out what to do with album artwork, but that's really the only holdup. And you'll keep, you'll keep like gigging in the meantime. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like I have more band shows coming up than solo shows. And um, which is super exciting. I've been loving that. Yeah. But uh yeah, I'm also like kind of entering the first steps of this next solo project, which is exciting as well. Yeah. I think it's gonna be super raw. Oh. Uh and partially experimental. I love that. Um, let's see. Oh that's uh, I'm so excited. Um yeah, so I mean you've shared so much um like advice for other musicians to learn from just along your journey this this conversation um without even me asking for it but like if there was one thing that you would just like package up and say you know every you know aspiring musician um who is trying to get to a point where you're at like just being content with everything and you know pretty happy and satisfied like what is that piece of advice that you would you would give out um <laughs> I don't know if this sounds harsh, but uh, I think that it's really important to keep your ego in check because it affects how you connect with people and like it's contagious. Ego is contagious. And I think about this all the time. Ego directly affects 
your business and your vulnerability and um I don't know your output in general and then what directly inputs into you um that's my advice maybe that's a little personal oh but, that's good advice uh, that's yeah. such good advice for life no like just music but um, I feel like especially artists are especially like at risk for um you know getting a sweet sweet taste of some kind of attention and I feel like really asking yourself what your what your goals are with that or you know keeping yourself in check of like who you are and keeping it authentic and honest and true and not uh, doesn't have to be pretty you know mm -hmm. I feel like that makes life a little bit more livable for everybody else if it doesn't seem so fake and incomparable it's a big big situation out there in the world and there's a lot of people and a lot of roles to compare yourself to and everybody can do their part by especially artists people who have a platform in general can help that out a little by by being themselves like truly Mm -hmm. I feel like it starts with inner work and translating that the best you can. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's beautiful. So as we kind of like bring the conversation to a close, um, I don't want to. I could have this conversation all, <laughs> all night long, but um, in the interest of time, I always end each interview with the same question, and it's kind of a big one. Oh, boy. Um, but usually the best answer is the one that is the first thing that comes to mind. So for those listeners who may not know you or have never seen you perform or heard your music, but also for the ones who have, uh, what do you think is the most important thing that you want people to know about you as a person, as a musician? I'm not asking you to write a bio, just like, mm. I don't really care if they know me. I feel like I would want them to know that I care about them. <laughs> I love that. That sounded really corny, but no. I feel like that was from the heart. <laughs> no, I, I'm picking up on it. And you're not the only... Go ahead. Yeah, I just can't think of a thing that I'd be like, they should really know this about me. I'm just like a human being that is trying my best as well <laughs> you know uh i'm not perfect that's something to know mm -hmm. uh, i'm trying my best that's something to know um yeah yeah that that's it <laughs> well it's 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 an authentic answer to you but I think it's also an authentic answer to most musicians. Um, that is an answer I get a lot when I ask that question. It's like, really? I, yeah. Like, um, well, that's awesome. I, you know, I, do you know Ben Harold? Yeah. I was actually just thinking about him. Yeah. Like a minute ago. So when I asked him, he said, uh, 
He's like, I don't care how corny this sounds, but this is the first thing that came to mind. I want people to know that I love them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And so it's, it's very similar to what you said. I want, you to, I want people to know that I care. I care about them. And Yeah. There's nothing like special or like necessity for information in anybody's brain about me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Oh, Tay, this has been just an incredible conversation. I'm so happy we did this. Yeah, thank you very much. This was um, a treat. And I hope that some of what I said makes sense. <laughs> it all made sense to me. You know? And like I said before, we started recording. This is just a conversation. If if others find it valuable, and, and usually others do um, in these interviews, uh, well, that's that's for them, you know? But Hell yeah. Um, this has just been, uh, I mean, we've, we had talked briefly, um, in person, um, and to go into the depth that we went to, you know, over the course of this conversation, just, I'm really grateful for your vulnerability and just yeah. letting it all out there. Well, thanks for making it easy. Absolutely. I think there was several points where I might've blacked out, uh, uh but we'll see when we listen back. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and super, uh, excited to, uh, to see the show tonight, obviously listeners, the show will have already happened when you hear this, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be a rager. Yeah. If, uh, if you haven't already, um, seen Tay solo or with, or with the neighborly, please do so. Um, you are in for a treat. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, this is taymusic.com, right? Yes. Oh no. Taymusic.com. Taymusic.com. Yeah. Gotcha um yeah so go find tay and um look forward to the neighborly's first album coming out this summer and uh yeah i i'm really excited to to know you tay you're oh, you're a treat so you are a treat to the wisconsin music scene for sure this is a good day yeah yeah thank you Nothing like leaving a love behind When time is only a told of signs You gotta walk beside yourself Before you bring along somebody else sometime There's only so many days There's only so many nights To spend them where you're gonna treat yourself right Hold yourself to the Above the company you're keeping Somewhere out there you find what you've been needing A lesson already learned, not repeating No looking back as you're leaving There's only so many days, there's only so many nights So spend them where you're gonna treat yourself right Hold yourself to the
Thanks for listening to the Musician's Venture Podcast. Please leave ratings and reviews from wherever you're listening from. Check us out online at themusiciansventure.com for more information on what we have happening, to find past episodes, and ways to get in touch with us. Find us on social media at The Musician's Venture on Facebook and Instagram, and at Musician Venture on Twitter. Like and follow us on all those platforms, and hey, while you're there, engage with and share our content with your friends. The Musician's Venture Podcast is hosted by me, Nick O'Brien, with guest host appearances from Allison M. The podcast is produced by Shannon Coulard, with theme music by Mike Neumeyer. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>